Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. So I'm reading this from MSNBC.com. As President Biden considers forgiving some federal student loans, many women, especially women of color, are scared they will have to choose between marriage, a house or children, and paying off debt. Now, they have a picture of a student at a recent graduation at Northeastern University with a message on her cap. And people do that all the time. They put... Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Thank you. Thank you, grandma. Love you. They put their fraternity on there, a.k.a. Q-Dog, Alpha. Sometimes they go political with it. Hashtag MAGA 2024. Tax the rich. Let's go, Brandon. All of that stuff. But this particular young lady, she writes... I am in so much debt, please help, and puts her Instagram handle on there. So going into the article, Tasha Kamansky, director of development at a nonprofit organization in St. Louis, would love to have children. In many ways, the timing could not be better. Kamansky, 33, is happily married, has a stable job, owns a home. Standing in the way, however, is one major obstacle, her student loan debt. It's been 10 years since she took out a $75,000 loan for graduate school. She's never missed a single payment. Before the pandemic era pause on federal loan repayments took effect back in March of 2020, $500 of her salary went towards paying off her debt every month. After a decade of payments, she still owes $107,000. She says, I generally think I will just die in debt. Now, further goes on to say, Kaminsky is far from alone. Nadia Youssef, a 28-year-old attorney in New York City, said she would move to a job with better work-life balance for less pay if it were not for her student loans. Another New York attorney who declined to share her full name out of the concern of offending her employer said she would pursue a career in domestic violence law if her loans were less expensive. How am I supposed to accumulate wealth for myself and venture out on my own or do something different, she wonders. Of the 45 million Americans owing a total of $1.7 trillion in federal and private student loans, two-thirds are women. Women of color are particularly hit hard in a situation exacerbated by a racialized and gender wage gap. Very interesting topic now. Personally, Lance J didn't pay off his student loans till I was almost 40, and I was making six figures. I mean, and I don't even have a lot of student loans. I, I went to college and grad school mostly on scholarships. I had to take some student loans out for personal expenses. But it's a very interesting dynamic. College and grad school is becoming so expensive, and Two things that I tell, because I, I work with young people. And I, don't, I don't like to use the word mentor. I'm not a mentor. I'm, I'm just some radio gas bag. But I know a little bit about the game, a little bit about the corporate game. 
First and foremost, college ain't for everybody. We have this misnomer that you go to high school, you take college prep courses, you go to college, you major in something like accounting or finance or pre-law or education. Then you graduate college, you go to grad school, you get a master's. Some people get terminal degrees. And then, of course, people are going to med school. You'll be in school forever. Law school isn't forever, but that's a three, four-year commitment. And then you're done with school. You're darn near 30. And now you're ready to go into society and have a family and have children and all of this great stuff. You're going to live happily ever after in suburbia with a white picket fence. Like the neighborhood on the Wonder Years. Live in one of those nice neighborhoods where kids are riding their bikes up and down the street. And that's the American way. But the truth of the matter is to do that now, you 200 grand in the hole. So if you go to law school, you get a great job at one of the big players in town and you come out making 125, 130K to start. Or you go into accounting, get a job with PricewaterhouseCooper. And you're working 75, 80 hours a week, but you're making close to six figures. Or you go work for Amazon. They're going to work you like 100 hours a week. And they're literally going to spit in your face and tell you that you suck, but you're going to make money. But what if you don't get that job? What if you end up as a public defender making 54 grand a year? What if you work for a mom and pop accounting firm? That's small and you're making 48, 49, 50 grand a year. How can you float $200,000, $300,000 in student loans if you're not making six-figure money? So it gets to where you've got to make six-figure money to break even. And that route isn't for everyone. I, I know people that are, that are getting it as HVAC technicians and entrepreneurs. Landscape. People literally making money shoveling snow and, and cutting grass. Stuff like that. People have it. I, I know someone that's making a good bag here in Nashville that's a hot dog cart vendor. He's got the best hot dog carts downtown in front of the buildings where there's a lot of traffic. People go there. He has line line out the door every day for lunch. And you don't necessarily have to go to college to do that. I, I know people that own their own janitorial services. It's, you really have to consider, especially for those who are unsure about what they want to do the first couple of years, do you want to rack up that debt? And that brings me to my second point. Community college is valuable. I wouldn't send my kid, I don't have any kids, but if I had kids and they were C-plus students and they weren't really sure what they wanted to do, I'm either going to have them take a gap year or go to community college for two years. In many states, it's free. Why go and spend a hundred grand to figure out what you want to do with your life? I mean, I think that the stakes are too high. Now, the perspective for women, what I thought was interesting about the article, and I didn't really think of when I started reading it, is that women make less money than men. So it's a it's a big issue because you're already in debt. So both men and women are in debt. Men don't have more debts than women or vice versa. It costs everybody a grip to go to college. If you're going to law school, it's not like men only pay 70% of the interest fees if they want to go to an elite MBA program, a law school or med school. 
So if it costs 300 grand, it costs 300 grand for men, costs 300 grand for women. But women, and I'm speaking from my perspective in healthcare, and I'm not speculating this. I was a vice president. I ran a PL. Women make 73 cents, 72 cents on the dollar. I've seen it with my own eyes. So if you have the same amount of debt, but you're making 25 to 30% less than your male counterparts, well, it's harder for you to get out of debt. I talk all the time about the plight of African-Americans and how redlining and how high interest loans and how not having access to land has stripped the African-American community from generating long-term wealth. Because if your house was redlined and it's only worth 150 and a few blocks up the street, those houses who are not redlined, the neighborhoods have appreciated, the house of the same size could be worth eight, $900,000. Well, that matters when, it, when it's time to get a loan. That matters when it's time to pull money out for repairs. And it matters when, when you die and pass it along to your children. So I think it's interesting and people politicize this. I don't, I don't think it's a political issue. My frustration with people politicizing everything has, has grown. <laughs> it's, it's really becoming annoying. I don't, I don't think it's a redistribution issue. People say, well, I don't want to pay taxes for somebody else's loans. This impacts everybody. Anyone that's a millennial, Gen Z, even Gen Xers such as myself, you got diminishing return. And then you have, then you have inflation on top of that. So you got gas up at, at six bucks, almost seven bucks in California. You got diesel fuel so high, that's going to impact cost of goods and services. Think about the last time you were at a freaking Chipotle to get a burrito bowl. It's like 15, 16 bucks now. Everything's much more expensive. So you're going to have a diminishing return. You can't have high inflation and high student loan and typical debts that we all rack up. And that can't be, that can't be the American dream of middle class and suburbia. At some point, you're going to see a diminishing return and you're going to see a revolt. You're going to see massive casualties. That's why I said I'm not buying a house right now. I think the, the, I think the bubble's going to burst. People can't afford all that. People can't afford these rapid cost increases that are going up. They say inflation is 8%. I, I feel it's like 20%. And people can't afford that. Even people like me that are doing well, that are blessed. God has blessed me and my family. Even I'm feeling a bit of a pinch. So even in the Bible days, every 50 years, there was the, the year of Jubilee. Where debts were either diminished or completely erased. And I think it would behoove President Biden to really look at taking those debts off the books. I don't think it's a political issue. I think it's just common sense. We faced an event in COVID that's like World War II. You get a reset every 75 years. Something happens that's transcendent, changes the world. You got to start over. And to me, I think that taking the debts out, I don't even want you to take my debts out. I'm a radio gas bag slash healthcare corner office executive. But the nurses that were on our front lines and the teachers that were on our front lines that suffered the most during COVID, they shouldn't have the debts. Take my taxes and erase their debts. Lance J Show. 
Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Yo, this is your boy Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to me weekdays now at 11 a.m. on WOL 95.9 FM in the DMV, brought to you by our partners at Episource, the nation's leader in healthcare analytics and strategic support for Medicare risk adjustment programs. James Lewis. And the chats are cool because everyone's at a different stage of, of their life. Sometimes you have some friends that are bachelors and they're looking for something completely different than, than your friends that have four kids are looking for. And then you have friends that are going through a divorce. You have friends that are going through health problems. You, you pray together. You, you comment on what's going on in society together. If you have loved ones that, that are struggling with their health or struggling financially, those, those chats or forms to, to really to discuss and, and uplift one another. And then, you know, people, you got people, they're still talking about who they had sex with in college back in 1998. There's always that guy on the chat. It's like, yo, you remember when I tapped that? Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. It's just like, yo, Slim, she's got three kids and, and married a multimillionaire. She's not thinking about you. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.